0: Hi guys, this is David, CEO and publisher of iPhone Life Magazine. I have a quick announcement before we start the show. Uh, We have really big plans for the podcast for the next few months. We're really excited. We're going to try to bring on more guests and really have really rich, fun shows. In order to do that, though, we're going to have to cut the frequency. So we're actually switching to a bi-weekly frequency for podcasts so we will not be on next week and we'll be on the week after and from there on we'll be doing a bi-weekly. So thanks so much everybody for tuning in and now let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the 26th episode of iPhone Life Podcast. This officially makes it our six-month anniversary. Woo-hoo. Congratulations guys, what'd you get me?
1: Um... <laughs> some smack talk, some snarkiness directed your way.
0: It's the same thing you get me every week. (laughs) That's right. You're so thoughtful. (laughs) I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher of iPhone Life Magazine. Uh, I'm back from New Zealand and excited to be here.
2: Yay! We're (laughs)
1: excited to have you back. Donna Cleveland, editor-in-chief of iPhone Life Magazine here. I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor of iPhoneLife.com.
0: We've got a great show for you today. We've got lots of smack talk from Sarah. She's planning on making up uh, for (laughs) all the lack of mean things she said to me in the last six months.
1: Shoot, now I have to think of some (laughs) mean things to say. I was actually kidding.
0: You're going to be nice to me for once. I'll try but I doubt I'll succeed. I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, No what we're going to talk about today is Apple versus the FBI. It's been all over the news and so we decided we're going to weigh in on this. Uh, And as usual we're going to go over the news. We have some iOS or sorry iPhone 7 rumors for you guys. Uh, Share with you guys our favorite tip and uh, our favorite insider questions. So let's start with tip of the day. Uh, And if you haven't signed up, make sure you do. It's free and every day we'll send you a cool tip. We'll email you a tip, something you didn't know you could do with your iPhone. So go to iphonelife.com slash daily tip. And Donna, what was your favorite tip from this week?
2: So the tip this week that a lot of our readers enjoyed was how to set a custom voicemail greeting on your iPhone. And this is something, it seems pretty simple, but if you know, you'll probably notice if you call some of your friends that there's just the default message uh, set, which isn't very even welcoming. Have it set up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how you do this is you open the phone app on your iPhone, uh, go to voicemail in the lower right corner, then tap greeting in the upper left corner, and here you'll see the option default or custom. Select custom, and then tap record below and record what you want to say. And then you can replay it to make sure it, it sounds all right and tap save when you're done.
0: This is something that is, I, like Donna said, I mean, it's a simple one. This is more of a basic tip, but it's true. When you call people, like at least half of them don't have a voicemail set up, right?
1: And then the other half are like me and just have the default voicemail.
0: Oh, you're one of those. I think
1: that's like <laughs> people's way of saying don't leave me a message. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think maybe... That's really what it's all about. I mean, although judging by the popularity of this post, there are some people who actually want a customized voicemail (laughs) greeting, but then there's the rest of us who are like, why don't you just text me?
0: (laughs) Can we talk for a minute, though, about the people who still on their voicemails say, leave me, say the time you called, leave your callback number and your name. It's like all that stuff is already there. It's a visual (laughs) voicemail.
1: (laughs) Well, not everyone has visual voicemail, although if you're listening to the iPhone Life podcast, you probably do. But um, yeah, there's really no need for that. It is nice though when you don't know the caller.
2: Uh, you know, if you have something like the dentist left me left me a message yesterday, letting me know to pick something up, and I didn't know their number, so it was nice to have them identify themselves a- in the
1: message. But, Am I the only one who has their dentist listed in their contacts? <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're the only one in this room who does. <laughs> I have every pizza place listed in my contacts, but no dentist. Well, so know what that tells yeah, you <laughs> Plus, plus the sushi place, right?
1: I mean, the, priorities. They, they don't deliver. <laughs> yeah, but you can call ahead and then quickly pick it up oh, I mean, all right important well strategies for <laughs> tip for of the data. day
0: add sushi to your contact <laughs> info so so that you can call ahead um but even when your dentist calls like in the visual voicemail it says the phone number right and you have it in your missed calls
1: but who knows anybody's phone number like like i don't even know my mom's phone number but no. so why would you recognize that it's your dentist yeah phone i wouldn't oh
0: no but here, here's my point here's my point you get a voicemail it says uh voicemail from blah 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 number you push play and it says hi it's your dentist call me back and you look down and you see the phone number
2: oh yeah you don't need to leave your number or the time that's
0: yes this is my point this is my point people Right? aren't you guys so glad i'm back
1: (laughs) (laughs) so glad you're back david
0: all right moving right along let's uh go over our insider question insider iphone life insider is our premium subscription uh in addition to getting video tips every day so you get a video tip emailed to you every day you get in-depth video guides uh and we lo- we're trying to do those once a month now we have our latest one is 13 tips 13 things you didn't know about texting right that's our latest one
2: yeah and that's great even if you're someone who texts all the time it's one that you'll like to check out cuz there's Lots of little things you can do that you might not know about.
0: There were things I didn't know, and I, you know, do the podcast every week, so. (laughs) Yeah.
1: The thing is, there's so many things you can do with your iPhone that you tend to sort of specialize and then be really expert at one part of Mm -hmm. using your phone and then not Mm -hmm. really know other things.
0: And that's what what I love about the insider in general is even people who use their phone a lot get in their little loops of what they know how to do, and Mm -hmm. there might be things that are seemingly basic that they just didn't know. So in addition to getting the in-depth video guides and the video tips, you get a digital subscription to the magazine, you get an access to the archive of all of our past issues, access to archive of all of our past tips, which is now over 300 tips. Uh, and you get to ask us questions, and Sarah Kingsbury will write you snarky responses.
1: I'm always, the only person I'm snarky to is you, David. I'm always really, really nice Aww. to the people who ask questions. Aww, thanks. And she's nice to me. What? Well, of okay, course I'm nice to you. How can you
0: not be nice to Donna? <laughs> she
1: brings me chocolate. <laughs> That's true.
0: You don't bring me chocolate.
1: Well, you know. <laughs> probably it's just because her office is next to mine, this and I'm true. too lazy this to walk true. across the office.
0: So, um, yeah, t- tell us little, your favorite insider question from this week.
1: Uh, So I got this one from Jerry, who says, if I do a reset, reset all settings, what actually gets reset? Um, There are various setting resets. I'm only interested in the very first one, reset all settings. And the reason he's asking is because um, I'm assuming he has CarPlay in his Cadillac, and the dealer said if he wants his contacts to sync to his car, that he needs to reset all settings, which I'm not sure is accurate. So...
0: Yeah, uh, I I know I have CarPlay. Uh, coming up in a, our next issue, mm-hmm. I review it. We'll probably do that in a podcast. It just syncs. You, that's the whole point of plugging your phone in is right. car he's, is your contacts sync.
1: Exactly. So he's having some issue, and that's why I didn't like really go into that part of the question. Okay, but, we'll,
0: we'll skip over that. But some non Car CarPlay car systems do require you to sync your contacts, which is stupid. But and maybe another that's, another topic. Maybe
1: that's what's happening, but. This is really useful information basically for anyone who's having some kind of issue, like if your phone's working really slowly or, you know, your settings just aren't working right um, and you're having a lot of problems, um, you can reset all settings. And what resetting all settings does is it basically takes all of your iPhone settings back to the factory defaults, like your keyboard settings and your system settings and anything like that. But it doesn't get rid of the data that's on your phone. Although when I've done it, I think I had to re-download all of my Apple Music that I had on my phone. But I didn't mm. lose like my list of music. Mm. But I had to re-download things. Mm. So so that's a really hand- handy way to kind of maybe eliminate any settings bug that you've accidentally introduced. But that would be kind of hard to figure out otherwise. So it's a it's a handy little but sort of last option trick for.
0: Y- yeah, it's a good resort for kind of last option troubleshooting where something's going wrong in your phone you've looked everywhere can't figure out where you can just reset your settings to the and I think people don't necessarily realize it because it's like you have to push the reset option first which is scary
1: yeah that's a scary word (laughs) yeah (laughs) but you
0: can reset your settings without resetting everything so you can go to the default it's definitely useful for people like us who are always messing around with their Mm -hmm. phone and changing everything and then can't remember what Mm -hmm. we changed um, so it, it's, it's useful to do. It's also useful, I find, for if you've had your, if you've upgraded phones a lot, you sometimes have these legacy settings from way, right. way back when that you might not want and don't even remember doing. Mm-hmm. So if you're having problems with your phone, it's a good thing to know about.
1: Right. Well, I mean, really low risk. before I did, I would do that. I would, you know, turn my phone on and off and do like a press the home button and the sleep wake button at the same time for 20 seconds to power it on and off. Do that first. Um, And also it's a good idea just to make a habit since, you know, you're upgrading operating systems and upgrading your phone to just go through your settings regularly and check them. Just Mm -hmm. make sure that sometimes you have some sort of surprise setting. Sometimes apps change their settings when you update them. Facebook likes to do Mm -hmm. that, I've noticed. Yeah, (laughs) I know.
0: And and, I mean, that's, Part of what we try to do with our tip of the day in Insider is when settings change, we'll send that to you as a tip. Hey, did you know you could do this? But, you know, if you don't want to wait for a tip every day, uh, you can just go poke around settings yourself. Um, Also, we tend to do guides. So we'll do, for example, we have an iOS 9 guide that tells you all the setting changes, and we'll do an iOS 10 guide sometime soon.
1: Well, probably not till after June. Well, soon is
0: a relative word. <laughs> Within the next year. Yes. Um, okay. So let's move on to news, right? Or do we do complaints yeah. next? It's been a while.
1: No, let's
2: jump into news.
0: Okay. So uh, news item number one is Siri now can be used in a different way in Apple TV. Sarah, tell us about this.
1: Well, basically what's been happening, I don't have an Apple TV, but I've heard lots of complaints that... You can't st- fill in text fields using Siri, which is kind of ridiculous because it's yes. this very awkward sort of mm-hmm. sliding through a sort of alphabet, alphabet yeah. basically, which it's is very slow, so and clunky and, yeah. and ridiculous. Yeah. That was and a big complaint last
2: in last week's podcast because we were talking about the new Apple TV, and that was something you kind of expected would be. There were so many improvements that was something that seemed kind of like a glaring.
0: Yeah
1: lack of improvement. (laughs) Right. So in the next version of tvOS, which is in beta right now, you're going to have that option to use Siri to dictate uh, what you put into text fields. And so that's big and should have happened in the first place, right? Yeah. 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 So that'll be a good change.
0: Another kind of tip or something you can do is if you have the remote app on your phone, and that's the app that Apple lets you use to, to navigate your Apple TV. You can Mm -hmm. type in things there, Uh, and so that's Mm -hmm. really useful, especially useful for passwords. Um, And that was something that actually really made me angry when with the new (laughs) Apple TV for maybe a month or so, the remote app didn't work. Yeah. And I had like, uh, you guys were all, I think you guys were all there actually. We, we had a company party in my house and I tried to download a movie and it wouldn't let me do without entering my password in front of everybody. Yeah, we were all <laughs> watching
2: him
1: struggle. It was fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. and, then, and then
0: now they've hacked all my accounts.
1: <laughs> I think I already know the passwords to a lot of your accounts yes, anyway, David. you, you do. <laughs> um, another thing is you'll be able to use Siri from your, your uh, remote app. Or did you just say that? No,
0: I didn't no, just say that.
1: I was actually wondering about that. I haven't bothered with the remote app
2: because I do like the Siri remote. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, with the old Apple TV, I wanted to avoid that remote as, as much as possible. But um, anyway, but having the Siri capability on the app will be nice too.
0: I, and also, I wait, is it on the app or is it just on your phone? Like, can I just hold down Siri and say, hey, like, change the channel or something like that no i'm not
1: completely i think i would think so yeah Yeah, because that's awesome that's the
0: whole new HomeKit thing right like HomeKit now you can use siri to do things like that you guys are looking at me blankly you have to say i don't know i don't know (laughs) i don't (laughs) don't want to admit to not knowing david (laughs) okay um because that would be really cool especially with i feel like with my apple watch i really like using my apple watch uh remote app because it's like Mm. Sometimes I can't find the TV remote and my phone's in my pocket. And if I could just, I mean, it's nice to use Apple Watch remote, but if I could just use Siri from there, uh, that's kind of the epitome of laziness, I think. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, it
1: seems like that's the whole point of all these new features is just to enable our laziness, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right.
0: Next news item. We have the Oscars coming up uh, Sunday night. night, And it seems like some people will be able to watch on their Apple TV and not others. What's the deal?
1: Yeah. So I guess um, certain people will be able to use the Watch ABC app for the Apple TV or their iPhone or iPad, although I don't know why you'd want to watch it on your iPhone. Yeah, on your iPhone, yeah. <laughs> um, but only if you already have a cable subscription and if, if they're participating. So basically, um, you yeah, know, yeah. you can watch it live in Chicago, Fresno, Houston, Los Angeles, New York City, Philadelphia, Raleigh, Durham, and San Francisco, so um but i think i think that's live but i think i think you can watch on abc in addition right it's so you. the whole
2: thing yeah i mean i have direct tv and i have abc so i'll be able to watch it even though we're in iowa but if i wanted to watch it through the watch abc app on my apple tv right. then i wouldn't be able to watch it because we're not in one of those cities mm-hmm. so it's i mean to me it seems pretty silly but um i if So if you have cable or satellite already and you, you've subscribed to ABC, you'll be able to watch it that way, but you won't be able to watch it through your Apple TV unless you're in one of these select cities.
0: So you can watch it the normal way on cable, but you, yeah. you, they're not streaming it. And it's they, they did stream the Super Bowl, so it seems right. like we're moving slowly in this direction, uh-huh. but it's so slow. The cable providers are so painfully slow in embracing anything new.
1: I, yeah, I mean... It seems like there's advantages, though, for them to have people streaming it because then you can really sort of get a lot more information about exactly who's watching it or, I don't Mm -hmm. know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I really enjoy the Apple TV experience, so even watching things I could be watching through cable, it's, it's better with the Apple TV, so that would yeah. be my preference but either way I get to watch the Oscars so I'm pretty happy. Yeah. <laughs> All right,
0: real real quick, are you guys going to watch the Oscars this year? No. Yes. No. I never watch them. Okay. I I'm a really? big I watch them. So, Donna, what's what's your predictions?
1: Oh man,
2: I mean, I just watched Spotlight last night, which okay. I was excited about. So, I would be I think Mark Ruffalo is up for some Oh
0: yeah, best supporting, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and he was he was awesome, I yeah. thought. Yeah. My husband thought he overacted, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I just watched The Revenant this weekend. It was intense to watch, but I think it's gonna clean up. I think I think Leo's gonna do it this year. I think he's gonna get his Oscar.
1: Well, just maybe so we can stop hearing about it. I find him really annoying. Really? Really? Yeah. (laughs) Didn't you see Romeo and Juliet? (laughs) (laughs) That's an old reference
0: there. But But that's
2: how
1: the love began. Yeah, but I didn't watch that either because I don't really like Claire Danes. Oh,
0: (laughs) Oh. wow. Sarah's just a hater today. (laughs) Okay,
1: I liked him in Departed. He was good in Departed.
0: He seems like, he doesn't seem like someone I would want to be friends with. Like, I don't think I'd want (laughs) to hang out with him, uh, but he's a great actor in my opinion and he tends to pick good movies too
1: so is that how you judge like whether you like a movie star or not whether or not you'd like to hang out with them yeah no (laughs) my point was the opposite
0: of that my point is he seems like an asshole but i like him because he's a good actor and that's how i evaluate actors (laughs) all right fair enough (laughs) um what other news facebook has updated their uh liking system have you guys seen this you can now not yeah. only like things you can uh you can do a heart you can you do can... an angry sad what are the other ones do you remember
2: there was one that was like oh like a wow, wow was yeah. the word. i left a wow today really <laughs> <laughs> i left my first wow wow so <laughs> on the app basically if you if you press on the like button a little like Options will pop up that will let you love it. And then we'll have –
1: it's like five different mm-hmm. emojis basically you can choose from. I'm so excited about this because, you know, like someone's like, oh, my mom died. And yeah. like, you're supposed to like it, but you want to show support.
0: Yeah, you're like, what do you do? I know, but
1: actually even for that, some, leaving like a frowny face seems – trivial too <laughs> you know, i
2: know uh, i often feel
1: i mean like
0: you can do a heart hearts seem relevant i
1: mean it's like you know you really like if someone you're friends with and their mom dies you should probably call them yeah or, not like, just send leave them a, them a heart
0: on the facebook <laughs> but on the other
1: hand i feel like people really get a lot out of that like just having people write a response i mean i don't think that should be the yeah. only response
0: but well and that's a pretty extreme scenario but there's other scenarios where you know something you'll see is like let's say slightly less extreme people will post a heartfelt thing like it's been five years since my mom passed and i miss her something like that you want to be like i support this but liking the fact that it's been five years is a weird thing
2: yeah it's a bit strange
0: do you i I have to say i i sometimes get the impulse though when somebody posts like this really like emo thing about something really petty i always want to like like it (laughs) like i'm so pissed about some stupid thing i'm like. Like <laughs> <laughs> why, I have a cruel sense of humor, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I just scroll on by, okay.
2: I know it's actually it's it's funny that they didn't really leave options negative options. yeah,
0: there's no dislike. That's yeah, it.
1: see, w- I mean, just because it's the political season, I feel like people like to post a lot of stupid articles about whichever candidate they're against or for yeah. that aren't necessarily based on fact, and it's really annoying.
2: It might have, it might be yeah.
1: dangerous too. I want to like dislike or like things that aren't. Really scientific, like based in science, and they're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been fasting and drinking coconut milk at 3 a.m. by the light of the moon. That's all I've had for like a month." I want to like tell what kind of friends
0: we all have.
1: <laughs> yeah, I still love you guys, but I really want to like say something mean on those posts. Like... <laughs> well. I kind of like the downvoting
2: system. It would be nice if Facebook had that option instead down of voting. instead of
1: just saying I hate what you said. Well, it'll be actually. I want to be... downvote your anti-vax Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it'll be interesting because yeah, it's like even if let's say somebody posts something and you do the angry symbol not like i'm gonna be angry along with you empathetically but like yeah. what you just said makes me angry it will actually make more people view this i would think
2: but yeah, it's true I like if you put an angry symbol people might just think that you're like sympathetic to yeah. them even if you're
0: just saying what you're what you're doing is making me angry yeah and... i i like it i'm gonna i'm gonna go on record on saying I like the new system. I know I'm waiting for Facebook to freak out today and everybody's <laughs> going to be like posting change is scary, you know. But I like I like the fact that they all of this the buttons are empathetic. There I like yeah. that there is no downvote. There is no like I dislike what you just said. It's all like f- ways of empathizing and ways of like being encouraging. And I like that Facebook is kind of deliberately trying to create that society. I, I think
1: it's actually important because even though I've been complaining about the kind of Facebook posts that show up in my feed, um, I think the internet can become a mob pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And I would yeah, really hate to participate in sort of piling on anyone or directing all that negative attention to anyone. So yeah, and yeah, I think,
0: it's probably a good decision on Facebook's part. I think Facebook's mission is to help people connect. And I think that disliking vote things and downvoting things doesn't facilitate connection
2: Mm, yeah but the only thing i like i feel like people it's become more of a place where people voice lots of opinions it's not so much at least lately with the political season it's not (laughs) just about connecting and so it would be nice in a way like i feel like sometimes people accept articles that are posted there as fact but
1: i guess that could just happen anyway i would like to downvote i'm gonna go (laughs) on record as saying that (laughs) that's just confirmation bias i wish there were a confirmation bias button Uh (laughs) uh-huh so i could just like press it and basically indicate the only reason that you posted this is because it's confirming something you believe it's true is true and it's not actually like yeah yeah and that's the whole (laughs) issue with the internet i guess
2: in general is that people it's so easy to seek out what already you know supports your own opinion but i i think i just need a break from facebook obviously (laughs) 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 i actually did delete it from my home screen the other day i'm like okay i need to stop looking so often i've
0: just i've gotten way more aggressive at Anybody who posts things that are like that, that just confirmation bias, I'm, I'm getting rid of you. Like, I'm not defriending you. I'm just, I'm gonna you're I'm going to check right now, see if I'm friends with you David. <laughs> that's the thing you can't see.
1: Yeah, because he's unfollowing. I'm he unfollowing. Him. This oh, is the key. I think you he said defriending.
0: No, I'm not defriending. They're still my friends. I just don't want to ever hear from them again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I agree. I, there, there was someone who was posting some rather, and maybe I should have unfriended him, but socially, I, he's not a person I can avoid, but he was posting some... Jokes I did not find them funny about uh, transgender people, and mm. so mm. I have to maintain a social relationship with this person whether I like him or not. So I just unfollowed him. Yeah. Who, who yeah, unfollowing is a that? good tool. Yeah. Sometimes okay. Facebook shows you things about people you wish you didn't know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, we're we're gonna move on from our Facebook bashing. Actually, <laughs> we're just bashing our friends. Facebook's great. <laughs> um, So uh, we had a fun news story this week. Um, Well, kind of fun. Um, We have a fun news story this week. Someone got kidnapped. What happened? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so
1: fun. Um, This is... uh, What happened is... uh, uh, a mom used the Find My iPhone app to locate her daughter's phone and therefore her daughter after her daughter's boyfriend kidnapped her. And she was found... That part
0: is not the fun part. No. Mm-hmm.
1: And she was found bound and gagged oh, in a McDonald's parking lot like 100 miles away. Um, this is a really extreme case. Um, most people aren't going to get kidnapped. But it's... I have used the Find My, Find My iPhone app and the Find My Friends app to... Locate my kids occasionally, and it's really handy. I feel like you should use it sparingly and not in a creepy way. Um, mm-hmm. don't stalk your family. but <laughs> just another good reason to um, you know, enable those apps and uh, and a good outcome brought about there of. you go. yeah.
0: You know, I don't, I never use find my friends because it creeps me out. Uh, and I, I think I told you guys a story. I had this thing where I, I realized that <laughs> my ex-girlfriend, I had forgotten to undo that. And so she, not that, I don't think she did, but she, I realized that she'd been able to see my location for about five years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one thing is That's uh, <laughs> I discovered
1: uh, Connor Carey, our feature writer who writes a lot of our tips these days. Was doing one on Find My Friends, and so we needed to share locations with each other, you mm-hmm. know, so she could do the screenshots. And I was surprised by how uncomfortable I was, like sharing my location with her. But <laughs> Find My Friends has a um, a feature that lets you determine how long you're going to share. So we just chose like to share our location for like an hour or something. Okay. Yeah, and that's, that's actually nice really feature. handy. You know, if you're going out like on a date with someone you don't really know, you might want to just like share your location with a friend for a few hours. Well, that's what I was going to say. A good tip. Yeah,
0: that is that's a very good tip because you can do it for a few hours. But I might just, you know, after hearing that and I don't think I'm at a high kidnap risk here, <laughs> but I might just you never know like what might happen and I might share with like one friend who I don't mind stalking me because they'll probably know where I am anyway. And, like, mm-hmm. that way if somebody ever needs to seriously track me down, they can do it. I don't know. Seems yeah. like a reasonable thing to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you know, like, I like to go out hiking. I mean, not like hi- – I mean, hiking. We live in a really flat part of the world. But I like to go out for long nature walks during the winter. <laughs> and I think it's a good idea for someone to be able to locate me if – You know, I've definitely injured myself and had to call someone to come get me. Yeah, so
2: yeah, that's a great idea. My dad went hiking in Red Rock Canyon um, outside of Vegas, and he went by himself. I remember being so mad because he ran out of water and got lost and ended up (laughs) wandering around for hours. Oh Oh my my god! And I guess, I mean, he ended up making it, but. I was really upset for him hiking by himself, so I guess if you're going to, you know, do something that stupid, at least I find my iPhone turned on.
1: There you go, (laughs) share your location with a friend before you go off
0: on a a canyon by yourself. (laughs) Yeah, before you do anything stupid. (laughs) Or, you know, don't do stupid things, but that's another story.
2: Oh, um, we also, we want to give a shout out to Steve Jobs.
0: Yeah, this would be Steve Jobs. What day would Steve Jobs' birthday?
1: Today would be his birthday, yes.
0: Wow anybody know how old he would have been well no. that's too hard nah, of a question I don't know but... either, yeah
1: hey Siri when was Steve Jobs born
0: well yeah, but
1: Did you hear that? February 24th, 1955. And the funny thing is I asked my Siri and uh, Donna's Siri answered.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that was, I think, our first time actually using Siri on air intentionally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There you go. Yeah. Uh, And I think we have an article online with our favorite Steve Jobs quotes. So uh, we will go to iPhoneLife.com slash podcast to read that. I' right yeah, make sure birthday, to post Steve it. Jobs. yeah. yeah. all right. well, we've spent a long time on news, so I think let's let's move along. Let's move on to complaints. yeah, let's let's <laughs> complain again. That's I don't fun. think we've complained yeah. enough today. <laughs> okay, here, here's my I'll start. I, <laughs> I I had a whole list while I was gone and now I don't remember them. But here's my complaint for Apple. They're like so in your face these days about updating iOS and it drives me crazy. It's like every single day if you haven't updated, it pops up saying, is today the day? are you gonna update today? And it's like sometimes I'm taking my time on it and I like don't want – like if, it's, if there's no new features that excites me and I, I'm worried about bugs, I'll take like a week or two. Or when I was traveling particularly, I didn't have good internet connection. I didn't want to do it. And every day it would pop up and say, do you want to update? And I was like, you got to chill.
1: Yeah, that's annoying. Um, yeah, it's always a good idea to wait to update. Like let the other people – find out and be sad when there's some big bug that, like, <laughs> yeah. makes your internet stops working. Well, working yeah. and I,
0: I finally did update on my iPad by accident, because that button popped up and I hit the wrong button, and next thing I knew it was updating, <laughs> and it was kind of glitchy and slow, because I have a little bit of an older iPad, and I was pissed about it, so...
2: Yeah, I wonder if Apple does that because they pride themselves so much on having a high percentage of people updating, so they're really yeah. pushing
0: it. Yeah,
1: I mean, they've also made it so you can just set it to update over Wi-Fi at night, you know, while it's
0: plugged Which in. Which I like that part. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, I always I always update pretty fast, and I tend to have a newer device. I Usually you mm-hmm. hear the most horror stories with people who have older phones, but something like 40% of people have phones older than an iPhone 6, so that is annoying if you're constantly being
1: reminded.
0: Yeah. Um. What was I? Gonna, I had one more thing to say about that. Oh,
1: I wonder if you turned off like notifications from settings, if you could... I mean, There's if, a way to
0: turn it off? Yeah, yeah. I'll have I to mean, look into that. In general, to be clear, I like the fact... I mean, it, it's in everybody's interest to update somewhat regularly because mm-hmm. then Apple can push new features that work on the newer operating systems and everybody gets them, and then you can have apps that work. So like, I like the fact that Apple is somewhat like encouraging of people to upgrade because i think it does help yeah. them but every day it's like leave me alone <laughs> all yeah, right I guys what, what, what are your complaints slash things we learned we can be positive here No, yeah. i have a complaint no, yeah yeah that's what i, I, do I thought too. <laughs> go ahead
1: yeah. I well i mean this is kind of a silly complaint but um i really like the siri shazam feature where basically you can say hey siri what's this song and mm-hmm. then she'll tell you um But the song wasn't playing. My daughter and I were singing it. And then she was like, what song is this? And so I was like, hey, Siri, what's the song? And we sang our hearts out. And Siri was like, I don't understand what you're even saying. Mm, And she really disappointed me. (laughs) Now,
0: is that Siri's fault?
1: Uh, It's probably my (laughs) fault.
0: I, I will say, though, your daughter is perfect pitch, right?
1: She can sing really well, but I'm the one who knew the song really well, so...
0: okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, we should do an experiment Stupid later. Stupid
0: Siri, God, yeah. <laughs> can't identify Sarah's terrible singing. <laughs> it's not that
1: bad, although... Because my daughter has perfect pitch, unless you sing really well and on key at all times, she yeah, yeah. doesn't like it.
2: Well,
0: uh,
1: we should have Connor. Connor's a great singer too. We should have
2: yeah, her try is. that out today. Yeah, I'm a let's go make her singer, do that. But I sing a lot, so uh, <laughs>
0: I'll have to. If Can your we daughter's start the terrible the today, singing right? choirs? Uh, yeah, together? yeah, we should. <laughs> We have so many good singers in the office, too. It's It, it makes me feel bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Poor David. Yeah.
0: we're At some point, we're going to do office karaoke, right? We, this is a planned right. thing. Right.
1: I'm so yeah. glad that you also are bad at singing because I won't be the only one. I'm shameless, too. I also feel too. like with karaoke, song. being really bad is almost like a winning thing. Yeah.
0: Well, like, the people who like show up at karaoke and it's not like, we're going to do some fun thing, but it's like, I'm going to show you what a good singer I am. I, those people annoy me.
1: It's awkward. Yeah. yeah. Does anyone not annoy you?
0: Um. Some people don't. <laughs> I can't think of anyone right now. <laughs> All right, Donna, what's your complaint?
2: <laughs> um, well, Tyler, my husband, has a truck that has a wireless charging station. You just, like, rest your phone underneath a dash and your phone charges. But sadly, that doesn't work with the iPhone because the iPhone doesn't yet have wireless charging. Mm-hmm. And you have to have a special case to use it. Right. So this is kind of just, like, I'm hoping that the iPhone 7 rumors of a wireless charging system in the phone are true so that that'd be so you can use that without getting a special case
0: yeah the wireless charging and the waterproof those are the two like just really not flashy features but yeah. would be useful it would be just so playing catch useful. up and it would yeah. be really
2: nice and you know i think it's those are some of the more probable rumors mm-hmm. although now they're just saying water resistant more water resistant for the iphone 7 Okay.
0: Well, yeah. I mean but like water resistant to be fair, like a lot of things that are water resistant are means like you can put it underwater for three for yeah. thirty minutes at three feet and like that's pretty close to waterproof that's waterproof enough same, for me. If
1: it's the same as the Apple watch, I'll be pretty yeah, in mean, a I shower with my watch on.
0: Yeah, I mean I yeah, I go swimming with it. All
1: right, that's a complaint. I shower with my Apple Watch and the water droplets hitting my watch do things like text people and check my calendar and stuff. (laughs) That's pretty hilarious. I don't know what it says about the water pressure in my shower, but
2: (laughs) yeah, it's intense. All
0: right. Uh, Now we have our favorite app section. We have a lot of sections now. It's kind of fun. We're just bouncing from section to section. All right. App or gear discovery of the week. Sarah, you get to go first this time.
1: I'm so excited about this. Uh, Todd Bernard, one of our bloggers, uh, reviewed... The blocks customiz- customizable dock building set for the Apple Watch where basically it's a Lego ripoff <laughs> and it's compatible with Lego and you can basically build your own customized Apple Watch dock and you can like incorporate other Lego that you have. And um,
0: So I could have like a Death Star charger.
1: Yeah. And you can wow. actually I looked at their website, they even have like you can build one that's for your iPhone too. And the thing is I love Lego so much. Uh, my daughter, my younger daughter owns so much lego um and our agreement was she doesn't like building it but i do she just likes to play with it so i <laughs> no. i have built like pretty much every like lego friend set there is like the doll like oh the, the, the yacht amazing. set the, like i feel
0: like that's like every parent's story like they they get the legos for their kids and then it's really like their kids watch them play with it
1: <laughs> oh no i don't play with them i just build them that's, and then she you know plays, what i mean yeah yeah. Them yeah yeah but I enjoyed building those Lego sets way too much and I was way too excited and about this And now you can Lego turn set.
0: any of them into an iPhone doc, huh?
1: iPhone and Apple Watch, yeah. Wow,
0: that's amazing.
1: You do have to provide your own charger, but, you know, it's only 20 bucks, so hey.
0: Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> totally.
1: Wow, I feel like we have especially kind of geeky app and gear
2: recommendations this week because my <laughs> app recommendation is Bitmoji. Do you guys know about
0: that? I'm, yeah.
2: So, like, last week a couple of my friends started sending me all these t- texts that were just images. It was like an avatar of them mm-hmm. saying funny stuff. and well,
0: Just explain to people what an avatar is in case they don't know.
2: It's just a cartoon representation or mm-hmm. of a person. Mm-hmm. It's a movie about blue people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's God reincarnated. Yeah. so <laughs> Have a I, Nice solid definition list there.
2: Yeah. So I tried out the app myself and you just build your own like cartoon version of you basically and then can choose funny things to say and send them to people. And so I've been having fun with that with my friends this week.
0: Yeah, I'm like fun. <laughs> I, I, now, now that I know you have it, I'll, I'll send you some bitmojis. I, I I've <laughs> been on, on this for a while.
1: Yeah, I've, they've been around for a long time, but I haven't <clears throat> I haven't gotten around I've to it. I've been feeling like I need to up my texting game. I was thinking I should adopt like gifts because uh Connor Kerry, we text each other a lot about this game we play all the time Neko Atsume which basically you don't do anything but like put out goodies for cats and then like
0: (laughs) I was about to get all excited but that does not sound like a game I want to play it's
1: a game basically where you do nothing but we're obsessed with it and we text (laughs) each other about it all the time and she always like sends these amazing gifts and I really need to up my game in terms Mm. of like texting her back
0: do you have giphy that's one of my favorites get on that giphy will change your life and your friend's life (laughs) all right
1: Yes, David. Lots of storage on their phone. It's amazing. That's why I have the sixty-four gigabyte phone. It's really worth the investment. Right
0: for the gifts. Do it for the gifts.
1: (laughs) Sarah and David
2: are highly smug about their their storage on their phones.
0: (laughs) Yes, I am. I'm a fierce advocate of the 64 gigabyte phone <laughs> that's the proper it phone. changed my life there is a right say, and wrong next phone time storage.
2: I, next time i upgrade i'm gonna spend mm-hmm. the extra 100 bucks mm-hmm. i'm
0: glad i'm glad i convinced you <laughs> yeah my problem was i got bitmoji like before other people did and it's just like if if everybody's not in on it you just yeah. feel stupid sending these like cartoon pictures of yourself being like amazing you know <laughs>
2: yeah i know when you're doing it with your friends it's fun but otherwise it also comes off as a bit narcissistic
1: it yeah like... it's like a picture of me again <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i'm just thinking aren't about, i like, cute all the ways i could torture my children by yeah, texting those yeah, to them
0: totally they are funny Okay, I'm going to cheat a little bit and talk about an app that everybody knows about, but I'm really excited about a new feature, and we've been talking about it a lot, and that's Facebook. Um, <laughs> again. Again. Uh, but Facebook has uh, now has 3D Touch built in, and mm. it is the most useful application of 3D Touch that I've experienced. It's like the first time where it's actually, when I'm on my iPad, I'm annoyed because I can't do 3D Touch. Uh, and basically, the reason why is so many times people post like... like a link to an article and you can just like hover over and quickly load like that article and see if it's something you'd want to read or like somebody's friend of a friend will comment and you're like, who's that? And you like kind of hover over and see the profile. you can
1: spy on the friends of your friends? But
0: more efficiently, this is the key. (laughs) I mean, I was already doing that, but now I'm really efficient at it. (laughs) Well, that's important. This is important. Efficiency in stalking is key. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So... It made me appreciate three D Touch and it's kind of what I've been waiting for because I felt like three D Touch was really useful but hadn't quite seen the applications yet. And yeah, this was great. just
1: the quick actions, that's what most third party apps have and even a lot of just Apple apps And, and I don't use the quick actions. Really, the only time I use them is for making phone calls. That's mm-hmm. so handy to just like you know, do like to just bring up a menu of people you call all the time. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm excited that they're actually incorporating incorporating it into the function of the app.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Now, now we have to talk about Apple and the FBI. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We're a little bit just to kind of frame this conversation. We're a little bit wary of it. We felt like it's a big enough news story involving Apple that we should cover it. But that being said, we try to steer clear of forcing our politics down your throat, obviously. We, you can tell from our reactions to our Facebook friends, we don't like it when people do that to us, and we try mm-hmm. not to do that to other people.
1: And use loving iPhones is a nonpartisan activity. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's something that
0: unites us all. <laughs> right. Um, that being said, there's kind of no way to talk about this without diving into the politics a little bit. So if you disagree with our politics... That's totally fine. Send us an email. We'll read it, and we will read it on air next time, and you can have your voice heard too. Well, if
1: we get a lot of emails, we can't read them all. But if you make a good point without, you know, trolling us, then we'll definitely bring it up. Yeah,
0: please don't troll us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's point number one. Point number two, none of us are lawyers. Um, I don't know if you knew that about us, but we're not lawyers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not legal experts.
0: So, unfortunately, this... While it involves Apple, it involves a lot of tech stuff. None of us are engineers either, in case you were wondering. So we're kind of talking about stuff we don't quite know, we're not experts on. So what we decided to do is try to give you the backstory and frame it with a lot of questions that you can ask yourself, ask your friendly lawyer and friendly engineer. Um, and we might weigh in a little bit with opinions, but we're going to try to not go too deep that down that rabbit hole because we're not experts in it. And it's, this stuff's very controversial. Okay, disclaimer okay. done. Uh, let's start at the beginning. Uh, who wants to kind of give the backstory of what happened, Sarah?
1: Well, I, I'm sure as everyone knows, there was the terrorist shooting in San Bernardino, California, mm-hmm. um, on December second, in two thousand
0: fifteen. Wow, you knew the date. I'm impressed. <laughs> I did some reading, so I uh-huh. wouldn't sound Good. totally Good. ignorant.
1: Um, and the Apple has actually been cooperating with the FBI. There were three phones. Um, okay. Uh, what was the name? of this? So Syed Farouk had a personal phone. His wife had a personal phone, but he also had, and this is important, an iPhone 5C that he had from work. So he and his wife destroyed their personal phones and their computer, but he didn't destroy this phone. And Apple has been cooperating with the FBI, um, giving them access to iCloud backups, and of course... They're able through this the service provider to see you know like where he's been and who he contacted, but um, there are a few problems. One, the FBI had the the phone is owned by uh, his employer, and the FBI had his employer um, reset the Apple ID, and basically that made it impossible for any automatic. Uh, iCloud backup to be triggered Mm. so Mm -hmm. they only they don't have any iCloud backups after October 19th which is like six weeks before the shooting happened Mm -hmm. so
0: normally in that situation the FBI could trigger an automatic backup and then have that information
1: right because what they would do is if most people have like it's set so that when you plug your iPhone in and you're in Wi-Fi an iCloud backup just Gets automatically just happens, right? So, um, and, and, and but apparently the, he but, but this he is had the point, deleted. The, point.
0: the FBI then can access that because with it's Apple's on the cloud. Cooperation and, and right. with yeah. a subpoena, Apple has to cooperate with that.
1: And I, I don't think yeah, they m- don't want to cooperate with that. I mean, you know.
2: Yeah, my understanding: the FBI has a warrant to search the phone. Okay. And so, anything that with the existing technology that exists to access it, Apple has cooperated in. Okay helping them access it. Okay. But it, Apple has its own security measures for its phone and doesn't want to go beyond in terms of creating anything new to help them access right. information. So the
1: problem is they can't access, because it seems like um, not only is there no backups after October 19th, but it seems that certain things have been deleted. Like, um, And so they want to find out what those things are. and But the problem is... Uh, since you used to be able to do this in iOS 7 earlier, but since iOS 8, um, basically encryption has become automatic. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there's passcode, it's encrypted, and Apple itself can't even unlock it. And so what the FBI wants to do is a brute force attack, which means it will just enter all the possible combinations, Um to unlock the phone. But there's a few problems with that. One, they don't know if he's enabled the feature uh, which has your phone basically erase itself after 10 failed attempts. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't know if he does, but they don't want to take the risk. So there's that problem. The second problem is you have to enter these things manually. You know, you can't do it with a computer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the third problem is every time you do a failed, you know, a certain number of failed attempts – There's a delay. So, even if he doesn't have the 10 passcode um, restriction, which they don't want to risk finding out the hard way that he did, um, it will just take forever manually entering it and then waiting for the delays. And so, what they want Apple to do, and this is very different because Apple used to cooperate with iOS 7 in unlocking these phones. um, But this is different because they actually have been, they want Apple, and Apple has been ordered by a judge to build a tool. a new specific version of iOS that they would sideload onto this phone to uh, basically disable that feature, the, the auto-erase feature. The feature auto-erases it, okay. Right, and to make it possible to enter the passcode combinations via a computer.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: so they could do endless... And so Apple's response right. was basically hell no, because yeah. I mean the Apple says, I mean the FBI is saying that we want this to only be just one time, just for this phone, you know, and and it's just a one time thing, and Apple and I think they have a point says that this is actually just it sets a precedent, which means and what's to stop the FBI from then requiring us even if we destroy this tool to build it over and over again,
0: mm-hmm. and and, and to, then the FBI is already come back and said, well, we also have what, like, 12 or 17 other phones that we're excited to now do this with?
1: Right, and then, there's so many requests just in in more local courts, Mm -hmm. you know, for getting iPhones unlocked, and certainly, um, I think no one would disagree that we don't want to help the FBI and local courts, you know, find the evidence they need to prosecute bad guys, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But Apple's point is that it's not just bad guys whose information is in danger if we do this. And it's not just the government who may be able to access people's private information. It's hackers and other governments, including ones that aren't necessarily friendly to us. And and I think so there's kind of this balance. And now in popular the popular opinion seems to be that people want Apple to
0: to cooperate. Uh, yeah, I, I was surprised by that. It was fifty-one mm-hmm. percent wanted Apple to cooperate. Thirty-eight percent said they want they didn't want Apple to cooperate, and I guess the rest of them just didn't care.
2: Yeah, and this was a Pew survey that was just a couple weeks ago, right? Uh-huh. Less
1: than that. Yeah, and so and then the FBI in response to Apple's
0: letter. <laughs> it's uh, become like it's so interesting. It's become like this public like. it's like a cat fight or something. Like these people are, it's like almost petty.
1: You know, this is something that will ultimately be decided by the courts, but there seem to be fighting it out in the court of public opinion, you know. And Mm -hmm. so the FBI director's uh, letter basically said, it's just for this one phone. It's not a precedent, you know, like stop being all freaked out, blah, blah, blah. You know, and he really was appealing to the emotional side of it because people are really upset about what happened naturally. It's very upsetting, you know, Mm -hmm. when someone goes and, commits a mass murder like that and yes people want to know what happened they want to make sure it doesn't happen again and he's appealing to those emotions but it's really I feel like it's really important to step back from your emotions and look at things logically especially at a time of heightened emotion Mm -hmm. and so Apple and a lot of people are saying they're just using this situation which is very you know emotional to basically accomplish what they've been trying to accomplish for a long time because the FBI and other government agencies have been unhappy about this high level of encryption that we now have on our smart devices. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And the FBI has also come back and accused Apple of writing this open letter because Apple wrote an open letter after the court order to to do this saying, you know, writing to all their customers saying that they did not want to agree with this and that our Privacy was at stake, and the FBI comes back and says, this is just a marketing ploy on Apple's
1: part. Mm -hmm. Why can't it be both? I mean, (laughs) I feel like it's both on both of their sides, you know, but there's also legitimate issues on both sides as well. Yeah,
2: whether or not it's right to, you know, regardless of the outcome, I think it's great, personally, that Apple is putting it out in front of people so that they're aware of what's at stake.
0: So yeah, I think this is question number one. And I'm going to actually, even though I said we weren't going to answer questions, I can't help myself. We'll, we'll answer some <laughs> of them. Uh, is this a marketing ploy by Apple? Is Apple trying to appeal to, is, is Apple trying to kind of, in you know, a weird way, point out how secure their phones are and that they're an advocate for the consumer? Or do you think yes. this is something that is Apple is being altruistic and they are trying to stand up for what they believe is right?
1: Um, I mean, I feel like there's always gonna be a big element of like what's right for our business and anything Apple does because Mm -hmm. they're a business, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. They're in the business of selling us phones. But I think that part of their marketing plan is people are really concerned about privacy. I mean, who hasn't like had a random new credit card show up in the mail because somewhere, you know, some hack happened that you didn't even know about that required you to get a new credit card? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're always hearing about like, oh, like 10,000 government employees had their, you know, social security numbers hacked or people are yeah. rightfully concerned about their privacy and our phones have so much information. I don't know about you guys, but I bank. I even did my taxes on my phone this year. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much private well, information. The government already has that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, but the point that
1: Apple is making, which I think is valid, is that it's not just the government. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like maybe it's a marketing decision, but they're, they're meeting a decision, uh, a need that we really need you know is it's very powerful and strong that people really need their privacy and want it and mm-hmm. and we have a right to it you know like we shouldn't just you know we're not required to just leave open our entire lives for the government to rummage through
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: we're allowed to like try and keep our stuff private
0: the the question there and this is getting into the heart of it sorry actually before i do that uh, let, let's answer the other question
1: yeah i was just gonna say that
2: um I do think that after the whole iCloud scandal last year, where a lot of celebrities had were had their photos in iCloud hacked, it does. It's an opportunity for Apple to point out that they're really strong on security. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's it's true that they. I mean, in this case, the fact that they don't even have the power to access the information is privacy that we don't really have in any other area when the fbi does have a warrant to Mm -hmm. to search you that the company can't at this point even help in that
0: well in that yeah that's what i was starting to get at is there's kind of two sides because i mean definitely it's a very american sentiment that we have a right to our privacy Mm -hmm. um and that being said Certainly, the concept of a warrant is something that's built into the Constitution. It's something that's always been there, which is that if yeah. if police have probable cause, they can get a warrant to search, that's invade our right privacy. So, yeah. Fourth
1: Amendment protects us from unreasonable. Searches. Unreasonable,
0: but not yeah. reasonable. If there's a reasonable I mean, search, then then but it's allowed. Can
1: Apple really argue that? Searching that phone is unreasonable because it's pretty clear they committed a major crime. Well,
0: and I don't think anybody's arguing that searching that phone is unreasonable from the standard. But that I guess Mm -hmm. that that's that's question. That's one of my questions: is where do you draw a line? Is like what what is reasonable for to to allow the government to look at and what is not.
2: So just in terms of if there was no issue of the encryption of Apple having to build a special tool, should the government be able to look at that phone? Is mm-hmm. that your question?
0: That's my question.
2: And the question, and I think, yes, that if the phone was unlocked and there was, or there was a way that Apple didn't have to compromise other people's security, I think that's something that most well, people can agree on. yes. the thing yes.
1: Is, is, this is a company device, which means, I think it's San Bernardino County that was his mm-hmm. employer. They just basically Public had health. terrible device management they should have you know there's things you can do a company can do so that their company devices they always have access to they can't be locked out of them you know mm-hmm. and they completely failed to do it which you know it's hard to blame them in retrospect because <laughs> they're kind you of don't really suffering for but like this. yeah um but you know that's yeah that's an interesting sort of side point yeah
0: and i i, I agree with I, I think i agree with you donna and again we're we're weighing in but <laughs> what are you going to do uh it's interesting because if you take, before iPhones, all those things that used to be on iPhone, say a calendar, email would be mail, you know, your print mm-hmm. photos, all that stuff, and, like, you put it in a lockbox, the government has a right to access that, right? Like, that's the way warrants work. So mm-hmm. in some ways, that, I think that makes sense to transfer that into digital. Um, but the question really is, and I think this is the heart of it for me at least, does, what does the government have a right to force Apple to do?
1: Right, because it's so different. Like iOS 7, for instance, they were able to access those, unlock the phones mm-hmm. and give the government the information. But I think what they were trying to do with the new security measures, and iOS 8 and later, uh, was take themselves out of that equation to say, mm-hmm. we, you know, it's not that we don't want to, it's just we can't. Mm-hmm. Like, it's out of our control. And so yeah. now— and, And it is different from forcing them to, you know, hand over information that is accessible, but they're, like, actually forcing them to, or wanting to force them to build a tool. That seems like maybe a step too far, The
0: the metaphor that I keep trying to bring it back to is taking it away from digital and saying, what if this wasn't, had nothing to do with a new technology? Mm -hmm. And and I, I don't know the answer, which I would like to talk to some lawyers about and get to the bottom of, and maybe we'll try to do that in a future podcast. But, like, for example, let's say you make a safe. Do, do, do the safe manufacturers have to create a master key for all safes they make so the FBI can call them if they need to? Like, And can the FBI yeah. force a safe manufacturer to do that?
2: From what I... Yeah, I mean, so basically the government, what Apple is saying is go ahead, try to access this phone, but don't involve us. And you have to find your own tools to do that. Yeah. But it is a really interesting like question for companies because they clearly want to make a product that people want and people want their
0: privacy similar to safes like you don't nobody wants to buy a safe that the government has a key to
2: and i think it's a good analogy because or good comparison because phones are the same where you're putting really valuable information on that and if you don't have an expectation that they're safe you just wouldn't use it Mm -hmm. and so that's something that i think it is really important for apple to 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 take seriously but I can understand the argument from the government side too like sh- is it even really legal to like have a uh, space that the government can't access under any circumstance for people. Mm-hmm. I think so.
0: Well, and <laughs> with this this is where the digital metaphor breaks down because with a safe no matter how strong a safe is, it's still a physical item that the FBI could potentially yeah, break Yeah, it's not into. impenetrable. Yeah. But
1: but to continue the metaphor maybe what if the safe was built in such a way that if it was forced the contents were destroyed.
0: Yeah, and then yeah, exactly. And and I, I I don't know the legality of this. I don't know the precedent of say forcing case manufacturers. So that would be something I would like to look into. Mm-hmm. The other area, and this is a similar one, is it seems like the judge's order is based on a ruling it, a precedent from what night uh, from 19 or 1776 or something. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up.
1: <laughs> you, you don't
0: have the date. It, it was a long time ago. Let's just say a long time ago. It was the ago. 1700s. It was 1700s. Uh, and question is, can that apply to the digital age? And uh, I, the precedent seems like a, you know something that's broad enough where maybe it could. Where, which is basically, Sarah, you summarize it to me along the lines of if you can help in law so enforcement, you this should. Is,
1: it's the All Writs Act, and it's from 1789, and it says uh, it allows federal courts to issue all writs necessary or appropriate in aid of their respective jurisdictions and agreeable to the usages and principles of law. So that's don't very very I do really know what that means. <laughs> right. So uh, I should have read this Wikipedia page before because I can't spend <laughs> five minutes right no, now reading okay. it. But, you know, I, I don't think there's necessarily something wrong with, you know, using a law from 1789. I mean, we, the Constitution is that old, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. We <laughs> use that every day. Yeah. Right. So laws don't necessarily become irrelevant or non-applicable just because they're old. Some of them do, um, but not all of them. And And that one, I don't think, I mean, it's so vague and broad that I feel like Probably it's fine to use that one.
0: And my my question in that yeah is less is <laughs> but it how okay? Does it applied? Non-existent legal expertise. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> posing questions that we don't know the answers to, unfortunately. But my question is again, it's like what is a reasonable? What is reasonable in that? Like okay, a law that says if you can reasonably help somebody, if you can reasonably help law enforcement, you should. That's that seems to make sense. But then what is reasonable? For example, like if somebody's getting robbed at gunpoint, do you have to intervene? That seems unreasonable, right? I, mean, I don't
1: know that that's what the laws. really I know,
0: about. but I'm, I'm trying to just kind of get to a point. Think of examples of, is it yeah, reasonable? Yeah, putting yourself in really like, major harm Yeah, way. I don't it's, yeah. I
1: mean, adds a whole well, different I element. was thinking about this in terms of, for instance, cars have had to change how they're built for safety regulations. Those mm-hmm. were like regulations imposed by the government, basically. They had to alter their product for, you know, the safety of the consumers. And... Um, and there is an argument to be made that accessing a terrorist cell phone is for the safety of all of us. But then at the same time, it puts it puts like maybe other people's safety at risk in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think it's like totally unheard of for um, regulations to or, you know, some sort of ruling to require a company to alter its product, even to the point that maybe it damages the product to a certain degree. but. But for the safety of the
2: con- consumers, that seems like way less controversial, in that it doesn't seem to lessen the the uh, product in the same way that this would. Yeah,
0: it, this yeah, because <clears throat> nobody is going to not buy a car because it has a seatbelt. Maybe they would. I don't know. Yeah. But, well, uh, what
1: if there was some sort of Emissions thing that then made a car
0: less fast or something. Yeah, there yeah. there are reasonable. There are yeah, it's it's not a totally inaccurate metaphor.
2: Yeah, I just think the crux of the issue is it's there's really no way to argue that uh, if there if a computer has the ability to enter endless passcodes into your phone until it hacks it, if that technology exists and works on phones, like how does that not weaken Apple's product?
1: Well, y- yeah. well, and it puts there's so much more at stake. Then just I feel like the San Bernardino issue and, and whether, you know, whatever side you come down on of like I'm willing to give up more privacy in favor of like more national security or whether you're like, you know, I want the police and government to find other ways to protect my safety while preserving my privacy. Whatever side you come down on, I think it's really interesting that they want Apple to build a tool. I yeah, mean, it's,
0: that's, that's one of the major things for me.
1: 'Cause it's not just like going to the bank and saying, Hey, open up the safety deposit bank thing. They're basically, you know, asking Apple to build a whole new thing. Yeah.
2: That's almost why I think that if if the FBI had grounds to have an issue or the government had grounds to have an issue with what Apple did from iOS eight or later, it almost should have been addressed at that time. Well to, and to well, be fair been it was. They they've were been very vocal, yeah. Yeah, but nothing I mean, it's been allowed to
0: there was no... yeah exist. Yeah, and there's been no... Exactly. There's been no ruling by Supreme Court or no congressional laws that have prevented it. So what Apple's doing is yeah. legal under current systems. Yes. Um, my other... It seems to me that this whole situation rests primarily on two questions. Number one, we've kind of talked about, can they force Apple to create something? Is that within the realm of reasonability? Number two is is this a slippery slope? Like, are we mm-hmm. creating a backdoor that can be used by, other, in other cases that we might not want them to, and in particular by hackers or other organizations that we don't want to have this? Or can this be, as the FBI says, really just a one-time use and it's all good?
1: I, I really doubt it would be a one-time use. I mean, whether mm-hmm. you agree that Apple should do this or not, I... I can't imagine anyone agreeing that this would happen one time because even if they built the tool and destroyed it, what's to stop the court from ordering them to build it again? And if they've already been forced to build it once, how can they say, no, we won't build it again?
2: Right. It sets a precedent. And uh, even though the FBI has said they would only use it in this one case, they've used past examples of of like predating iOS 7 of when Apple has helped to build a case for doing it now. So they're using precedent to say that they should use it now. So it's just showing that that would continue. There's really... Uh,
0: Yeah, and I think, I mean, the FBI's already... My understanding is the FBI already came out and and said, oh, actually, we have like 11 other phones. I can't remember the number, but other phones we want help with. So I think that's pretty much a given. If this is created, law enforcement will use it. And and I guess the next question then, in my opinion, and I'm postulating that it's a given and maybe people disagree, but uh, the next question then is will it remain just to be used as a force of good? You know, because it's like, yeah, if you have a warrant and law enforcement uses it and people are in favor of that, then it's a force of good. But can hackers use this? Because that's, I think, the core of Apple's complaint is hackers and other countries and people who aren't using this for good.
1: I mean, my understanding is that Apple has to basically use their signature, whatever that means in terms of coding, for this new version of iOS to work Mm -hmm. on a phone. So it's not like super easy to make work like only apple has that right Mm -hmm. but there's industrial espionage there's you know if it exists people and not just the government will be doing their very best to get hold of it i Mm -hmm. think
0: so definitely they'll be doing their best yeah yeah and i think that's the question you know we just have to ask ourselves
2: yeah i mean it's hard to know the answer to that but it seems like it's
1: clearly a risk a big risk yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I would love to hear from our readers, like, mm-hmm. what do you think? Because probably, I'm, I'm sure everyone values their privacy. Everyone values their safety. Um, and there's a lot of arguments to be made on either side. Certainly, you know, we want to prevent further attacks like this. So I'd love to hear from our readers at podcasts at iPhoneLife.com. There you go. What, what you think about it. Without, you know, like, I'd like to hear, like, respectful <laughs> to anyone who disagrees with you, whether it's us or just other people out in the world like your opinion i will say our readers tend to be
0: very respectful which is nice. so i'm not worried about that but yeah we will try to post your comments we'll try to read some of them and if we get a lot of them we'll post them on an article as long as you're respectful and hopefully using well-reasoned arguments yeah Mm -hmm.
1: i i don't i don't care if you disagree with someone you know uh our comment policy and i think it would apply to any emails we published is you can disagree and have whatever opinion you want as long as it's you know, expressed in a – you stick to the argument and you express it in a way that's not hateful. Yeah,
0: and, and my well-reasoned, I'm actually going to withdraw because I'm not going to mm-hmm. be the judge of what's well-reasoned. No. So. And actually, <laughs>
1: like David said, I love our readers because there's almost never any time where I have to, like, not let a comment be published because you guys always stick to the topic mm-hmm. and, and really say worthwhile things.
0: I think one more thing in terms of the, the last question we're talking about, the backdoor question, and what's been interesting is to see – Other people who who know more than us respond to this, and so uh, it seems like for a while it was looking like okay, everybody who's on the in the tech world unanimously agrees with Apple that hey, this isn't just that this isn't a tool that you can keep and keep prevent from being hacked. Uh, Google came out in in support of Apple, Facebook came out in support of Apple, but then Bill Gates came out in support of Apple or came out in support of the FBI and then kind of backpedaled. What happened there?
1: Um. I think he maybe felt that he wasn't as nuanced as he wanted to be, and he, he didn't like, sort of repudiate what he said before, but he just basically said that it was there needed to be more discussion and there needed to be some balance. Mm-hmm. And so he just kind of added more nuance to what he said previously. He's not fully in support of the FBI, okay. but
0: he's not fully okay. in support of Apple. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to ask you guys to do what I said I wasn't going to. I'm just curious to weigh in. If you were if, if this was your decision alone, would you force Apple to do it? Do you think they should, or would you not?
1: You know, the more I researched it, the less sure I became. Mm-hmm. But I think no, I think I would not force Apple to do it.
2: Yeah, um, i I would agree with Sarah that the more I read about it, the my my knee jerk reaction definitely was that I value my privacy, and I don't like the idea of a tool of this being made. So that was, you know, take that for what it is. Um, But I did find the argument compelling that, like, if there's a room in your house, for instance, that you're just expecting is completely private and you put all of your secret things in there, same kind of thing as a safe Mm -hmm. lock or whatever, Um, if – if the government has a warrant to search that room, it's already accepted that you, that room will be able to be searched. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost a new level of privacy that we're expecting with our smartphones where we think that there should be no way for the government to access it. Um, and I guess I have taken that – I have had that assumption on some level that um, that I have that level of privacy on my phone. So, But the answer still is no because – I, even if you take away that assumption that you should have that level of privacy, should Apple be able to create something that compromises everyone's privacy? And that, to me, I still stand as as I don't think that's cool. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I, I think I agree with you guys. This isn't something that I see as being an obvious answer. And I it's one no, of the things that I'm hoping we can have more discourse about things like this that is... Exploring both sides because there's it's really a difficult. I'm area. just so
1: glad we're talking about. It. I think it's a really important discussion to have, whatever side mm. you're on. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, and so yeah. Point number one is, I'm glad Apple wrote that letter and brought it to the public because I think that this is, I think that this is one of the key things to be decided in this upcoming, in this current decade, is yeah. where to draw the lines in digital privacy. Um, so I'm glad we're having this, this discourse. I'm glad the public is having this discourse. Um. I think the the thing that I kind of fall back on, whether or not it's right for Apple to be forced to make a key, I'm not sure where the lines are. I just don't know the legal precedence of it. But what I, I can't help but agree with Apple that if there is a way, if this if this software is out there, eventually hackers in espionage will be able to utilize that. And to me, that seems like, I trust Apple's experts and the experts of the technology people who are in this field more than the FBI's, and I, I that concerns me. So I wouldn't want Apple to do it either. In, is my in my opinion?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's important that it is to say like these are personal opinions as opposed to like actually like based on legal facts.
0: Yeah. Uh, I feel very uncomfortable weighing in because I just don't know the legality of all this.
1: Right. I mean, it's a fairly complicated legal issue, I think. I mean, it, people are expecting this to go to the Supreme Court, which means really it the people who are maybe whose opinions you should really mm-hmm. seek out are, you know, look to see what constitutional scholars have to say about yeah. this because it's going to go to that level, I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I guess just the fact that it's being taken this seriously is is
1: a comfort because we all do value our privacy. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's the important thing is whether the government has a right or not to this I think it's never something that should be done lightly without a lot of discussion.
0: Yeah, I- I'm gonna make one more point that I'm gonna take it even a little bit more political and sorry about this guys, but I can't help myself. because um, I think a lot of people are linking this to the NSA and the all the Edward Snowden leaks and everything that's happening there. Um, and I think it's in some ways they're very different because these are only in situations where the government possesses the phone and the government um, has a warrant. Um, but I think that I do have some concern about technology like this. And in, with NSA, there is a lot of times where people are accessing the iPhones and iCloud where they don't necessarily have the same warrant procedures. Well, what about
1: the, what is it called, the stingray thing where basically the police can spy on your phone calls and text messages as they happen without a warrant? I mean.
0: Yeah. And so I guess I am concerned about, I'm, on, I'm more concerned about areas in which there isn't a, the appropriate warrant involved. Um, yeah. In this, using this technology in those areas, I'm concerned that somehow that could happen. I'm also concerned. Just that that to me concerns me more. And I think in some ways it's confusing to link those two because this is a, a much more restricted area than that right. is. Like
1: I don't think anyone here feels like if it were possible that the government shouldn't have full access to the to the terrorist cell phone. Yeah. If yes. it were possible. Yeah. I, that, I think in that's my the, opinion that's true. That's
2: yes. the big difference. But I do think what happened with Edward Snowden is relevant, like what he brought to light, because it did undermine some of the trust that we had in the way that our information was being used and and when it would be. And so giving over more power in this situation, it, I think that, that that is valid to be concerned. Right. Yeah. I,
1: I think it made people aware that maybe they're digital information wasn't as private as they thought it was yeah Yeah. and
0: i I agree with you i think where it is relevant in one way is that yeah it undermines my faith that if the government has a warrant that that's appropriate like because of what i've seen in the nsa it undermines my faith that there's been appropriate uh whatever oversight oversight in that procedure Mm -hmm. because yeah exactly when we're talking about legitimate terrorist actions that's that's a totally like yeah access You'd that you give phone. up your
1: right to privacy yeah, at that point yeah mm-hmm. okay
0: that's as far as we're gonna go down this road um i had fun doing this on thank you I guys did too and i'm yeah. really interested in hearing from yeah our listeners. please email us on this podcast iphone life.com also Maybe you
1: can persuade us if you have a different opinion yeah. i'm definitely not like fully we're clearly
0: <laughs> undecided right <laughs> um I'm going to give you guys a few other things to do. Email us at podcast at iPhoneLife.com. iPhoneLife.com slash Daily Tip to subscribe to the free Daily Tip newsletter. iPhoneLife.com slash Insider to subscribe to the Insider. Um, We're a magazine, too. We are a magazine. iPhoneLife.com slash Subscribe to subscribe to our print magazine.
2: Yeah, so we just encourage you to officially join the iPhone Life community whatever way you want to. yeah.
0: Thanks so much, guys. And we'll, oh, wait, important announcement if you've stuck with us. We are switching to a bi-weekly schedule. Right. Um, These podcasts, believe it or not, are a lot of work for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we want to be able to have a little bit more thorough uh, analysis when we're talking to you guys. We want to be able to bring on more guests. In order to do that, we're going to switch to bi-weekly. So we will not have a podcast next week. We'll have a podcast the week after that.
1: So we'll talk to you guys then.
0: Thanks so much, guys. Thanks.